Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of our new Let's Talk podcast series. I'm Maria, the Prevention and Youth Engagement Coordinator at the National Runaway Safe Line. The National Runaway Safe Line is the federally supported national communication system for runaway and homeless youth in the United States, providing crisis support and resources to over 125,000 youth, families, and communities annually. This November, as we recognize National Runaway Prevention Month, I have the honor of hosting this podcast series where our hope is to elevate the voices of young people as they share their stories and highlight the complexities and intersections that are witnessed by the 4.2 million young people experiencing homelessness across the United States each year. In this episode, I'm so excited to introduce to you all Keely Bad Warrior. Over the past few months, I've had the privilege to work with Keely and learn from her as she has shared her story and her advocacy to national audiences. Keely is a 23-year-old college student at Western Dakota Technical College studying business and technology. In addition to their course load, Keely has multiple jobs and shares their expertise as a member of the NRS Youth Advisory Board and as a member of the Youth Action Board in Rapid City, South Dakota. Keely, I could not be more excited to have you here with us today. Thank you again for joining us and for sharing your advocacy. Just to get started, can you tell us a little bit about your story and your journey that brings you here today? You're very welcome. It's it's very much appreciated and I am blessed to be here. Okay. All right. So uh, when I was younger, before I was in foster care, I grew up with my grandmother. Um, She raised me um, on the uh, Cheyenne River Reservation in Eagle Butte, and I went to school there. It was um, uh, all the way up until my sophomore year. And my siblings were in foster care before I was. They were living with their dad and they were removed from the home. Um, I'm not sure which year, but I was pretty young. They tried to keep them together, all four of them. I have a sister and three brothers. There's Caroline Rush, there's uh, Casey Jason Hogg, Vincent England, and Curtis. So some of them kept their last names. They were in uh, multiple different uh, foster families and they got adopted out. They are all finally coming of age and they were adopted uh, so they can't receive the benefits that I had received uh, aging out of foster care. So I'm the oldest and the youngest of us five. He's also not gonna have nowhere to stay. So it's just, it, I don't know, it just puts a lot like on my shoulders, just trying to, cause I'm home, like technically homeless myself and my siblings are, they don't have nowhere to stay, you know? They don't know what to do. They don't know who to go to. So I'm, I'm their, their resource of how to do things and um, how to, to figure everything out, you know? <laughs> I was in the FRC unit at Wellspring um, called the Family Reconnection Center, you know? And I actually, only reason why I went to that program was because I got myself kicked out of the group home that I was previously in because I was there for three and a half years. I wasn't going anywhere or doing anything. So I had to do something in order to move on with my life, start over. Um, but I, when I went out there, I actually worked the program and I was working with the, the uh, school they had going on in the treatment and um, once I built my trust up there, I went to public school. And from there, they seen the improvement and that um, 
uh, I met with this girl from uh, the Children's Home Society, and she said that there's a pos- two possible families that would like to uh, take me into foster care. So one, once I thought about that, I, did, I thought it was great because I you know, know I've done something good and that I'm actually going to go somewhere and do something. Kaylee, thank you for being so open and vulnerable during our conversation. And with that in mind, you know, I actually aged out of the foster care system too. And I have a very complicated relationship with it. Since aging out, I've spent a lot of time advocating for foster care reform. In these conversations, something I've noticed is there are a lot of people who don't know what foster care is. Could you, in your own words, describe this system? I feel like foster care is a family wanting to uh, expand their love and uh, caring to kids who are in need of that and to have somewhere to have a roof over their head, somewhere to sleep, somewhere to eat. And um, it could be long term, it could be short term. Um, to it, For short term, they could be trying to get back uh, reconnected with their, their family or it could just be long-term and they become their family. I myself was blessed with the awesome foster parents. They were great. They were my only foster family. You know, their kids were uh, uh, engineers and their spouses were engineers. So like during Christmas, I was like, surrounded by, you know, presents and everything. And my mom, our foster mom taught me like, hygiene and how to clean like a system of cleaning and stuff and like how to she's a home decorator and and then my foster dad um he was uh he worked at the CEO uh like a boss at the rock quarry and he was pretty cool I liked him he was funny (laughs) but yeah I was there for two and a half years I was honestly scared to go into foster care because of my siblings they were they had like I think four or five foster parents and um, I just you just hear stories about how fo- some foster uh, families don't work out so well. So I'm lucky that I had one foster family, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was great. There is such a wide range of experiences for young people in the system, and it sounds like your experience is a lot different than mine. But both are still valid and important experiences. What happened once you turned 18? After. After my 18th birthday, I was so super stoked to go move in with my brothers and that their adoptive parents were actually letting me in. That really didn't work out so well. So I went to the crisis center here in Rapid City and they just gave me a place to stay and a place to shower for the night or until I could find somebody who would let me stay with them. So I went sleeping in a a Jeep with this girl I had went to treatment with when I was younger and that was with like two months but then like after that I got tired of it and I called my therapist and I told her I was in the lowest spot in my life my therapist was a a foster therapist and um she had me on the flight a next flight out to Florida the next day so I was it was it was I was happy about that (laughs) and then like then having to start over again in South Carolina that one was it was kind of hard, you know, I was living with uh, my manager of, of Taco Bell for about a month and she gave me her old landlord, her old landlord's number and I called him and he got me into a little trailer house and the only reason why I was able to get into there was because of some of the resources uh, the LSS program was able to help me with, um, like 
paying the first month's rent and the deposit and then the turning on the water and I only had to pay for the electricity the first month. <sighs> I, I, I felt like I had like uh, a plan A, B, C, and D, you know? At this point, were you aware of what supportive services were available for you or other young people going through similar situations? During that time frame, I didn't know much of my resources. I didn't know who to contact, even though I've had uh, my community resource person come visit me like a couple times during high school, like giving me information about the independent living programs and the different stuff out there. But I, I guess I just wasn't ready to do all that. So I think if I wasn't... Um, too like stubborn about being into the independent living program because you know they still had restrictions and they still had curfews and stuff like that and groups and everything I didn't want to be in that type of environment because I've been in treatment when I was uh you know younger in my early teens and then it I just didn't want to be in that environment anymore I just kind of wanted to be on my own so if I just was open-minded about the programs that and pay attention to what my uh, CRP would talk to me about and take it seriously that they probably would have helped me I would have never been able to go to Florida though (laughs) Keely I think what you're saying is so important as a system we ask young people actively experiencing crisis and trauma to make significant decisions regarding their lives and well-being in a way that we wouldn't expect their other peers to make and it's a lot to ask of a young person. I think your ability to acknowledge that at that point you weren't ready for the resources shows a lot of self-awareness and growth. What advice would you give to a young person aging out of the foster care system today? Um, I guess just be honest with yourself and the person who you're trying to receive help because it's asking for help is really hard, you know, and and taking it is just you know it it's it's difficult and um yeah just be honest with yourself and the person who's who has given you the help and trying to help you do you feel like your experiences in the system impact where you are today yes i am currently homeless there was multiple times when i was homeless and um, I'm, every time I had to start over, it kept getting easier and easier. And this last time, it was like so much easier. You can be removed with just one phone call, you know, and just sent back to where you had came from. Those are some scary thoughts. And like not having um, somewhere to stay or unpack your bags or just being able to call somewhere home, you know, um, and then just have it a place of your own. Um, it's It definitely, like, keeps me down sometimes. Do you feel like you've had someone you could trust or a support system available to you as you've been experiencing all of this and going through all of these challenges? That is an excellent question. Okay, so... Um, I had to trust myself knowing that I was able to get up and that I wouldn't fall back down so I had to have a lot of like trust and faith within myself um, to not give up Um, 
I would always could always trust my CRP and my therapist a lot um, during those hard times because I know I could talk to them about what's going on and I know they can help me in some shape or form. It sounds like you've become incredibly resilient and self-reliant as a strength in navigating systems involvement. Are there any services or programs you feel like would be helpful to other young people who have either run away or are experiencing homelessness? Um, like I was thinking that like they should like build like and on the reservation they have this place called the community center, and when I last time I was there they had like people like um who didn't have nowhere to go like during the winter and everything had that open they had um a meal and then some coffee and then they had somewhere it's just it was just for somewhere like they could sleep you know i'd like why couldn't they like build a big community building like that with like bunk beds and cots and everything like that and bathrooms to where they can shower like here in rapid because there's not much uh, beds and safe bed and in order to get into there you'd have to be intoxicated and there's not much like places here where they can just go sleep for the night you know that sounds like a great idea Healy it has been so wonderful talking with you today I am so grateful that you were able to join us for this podcast and just as we're wrapping up I have one last question and that's what message do you feel is important for the public to know or understand about young people who run away from home or experience homelessness? Uh, that's, that's another excellent question. <laughs> um, that, I mean, just to be patient. Okay, be patient um, with them because some of them might not be ready. Like some of them may think that they're uh, ready to be on their own and can do it by themselves and can show everybody that they can do it, you know. But it's it's that uh, we ask to be you know, understanding and patient again. <laughs> Keely, thank you again. And thank you to everyone who has partnered with us this National Runaway Prevention Month. Thank you to everyone who is committed to becoming more aware of the youth homelessness crisis. Thank you to all the young people who share their expertise and speak truth to power. And of course, thank you to everyone who has joined us today for our fourth episode in our Let's Talk podcast series. Each Tuesday in November, we will publish a new episode where young people lead important conversations about the issues at the intersections of youth homelessness and share their stories. I'm Maria, and let's talk soon.